Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Bold, Beautiful, Borderline podcast. It's your host, Sarah, and my beautiful, fabulous, newly graduated BFF co-host, um, friend. What else are you, Lori? I don't know, but, um, Lori is here with me. Probably obsessive planner, (laughs) pain in my ass. Um, yes. Love of my life. Um, she y'all, she just graduated her master's degree and this has been like two and a half years in the making. Two years in the making. To be fair, I still have two assignments to submit, but by the time this episode airs, I'll probably have submitted them. So we can still celebrate. I'm still processing. We literally finished our last class like uh, on Sunday and we're recording on Tuesday right now. So um, I need to process and then we'll, I'll do a whole episode about surviving school because I oh think that's God. a very important episode. I get a lot of super feelers messaging me about like, oh my God, how do you do it? I'm so nervous. So totally. Yeah. And one of our super feelers just got accepted into her graduate program for mental health and she knows who she is. So congrats to the sweet love of our life. Um, and yeah, it was so fun because I got my like Snapchat time hop thing where it showed like four years ago today or three years ago today or whatever you got, I think it was four years you graduated. And then fast forward the next weekend. And I'm like inundated with all your grad celebration stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, the energy, like the excitement that comes from that specific accomplishment is unlike any other. Oh, totally. And like, because we all work in healthcare full time. And then we started during COVID and ended during COVID. It's like, Holy shit. Like the like collective like relief slash like trauma slash excitement is it was um it was a wild weekend. Yeah, that would be a cohort unlike any other. And it seemed like you like had a core group of peeps that you like really loved while you were in it. So so rad. Um well future ep to come on that. But today, Lori and I are talking about red flags versus green flags where relationships are concerned. Um, I think that people with borderline personality disorder often have, because of their trauma and like because of their fear of abandonment, rejection, um, uh, maybe have a a tendency to kind of like ignore red flags or believe that like red flags and people will change or even believe that like red flags and people are love. So we're going to talk today about the difference between red flags and green flags. Um, And red flags in yourself can be ignored too. Right. So that's another like whole piece we could probably record on for like 12 years, but, um, just to clarify before we like kind of fully start, we're talking about romantic relationships at this moment. I don't think we have to talk about romantic relationships at this moment. I definitely okay. think that this, I think that this crosses into friendships as well. Um, but I will oh, say that like, sure. often most of us think about these things in romantic relationships. Yeah. Agreed. But like, I mean, from my perspective, I have like two friends, so I don't struggle with that because I just isolate the fuck out of myself. But like, I have a goal of going into my thirties with more friends. So I'm going to try to think more about this as I like try to expand. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. Um, Okay. So should I define the difference between a red flag and a green flag? Totally. Um, It's probably pretty like self-explanatory, but when we are getting to know people, we are like capturing data about who they are and learning about like, 
their values and their tendencies and their behaviors and um, red flags that we see from people are those that maybe indicate to us that there's um, a potential safety concern, whether emotionally or physically or socially or kind of whatever. Um, A red flag doesn't have to mean that you immediately kind of like run away from someone, but if you attempt to address it with them and they don't have very much insight or don't like present with any desire to understand where you're coming from, then let me just give you full permission to fucking sprint away. Um, and then a green flag would be, um, like getting to know people and recognizing traits in them that like promote safety and make you feel comfortable and make you feel loved and whatever. And often I think those are things that we maybe have wanted to run away from because it's different than like our invalidating experiences in childhood and relationships that maybe we've been exposed to, but green flags are those that yeah, promote us feeling safe. And yeah, Lori, have you like heard about your, this before? Like, do your friends talk about this when they talk about dating? Um, not really, but honestly, like all of my friends at this point are in long-term relationships. So like, it's a little bit different. I was always kind of the like last person (laughs) to be in a relationship, I think. Um, and none of your people are like starting to get divorced because all like so many of my people are divorced. Oh, not yet, but I'm sure they will. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. If you're listening to this, I'm just kidding. You're totally I fine. Mean, Every, everything's great. Statistically, statistically speaking, speaking, you're fucked. But we let's we mean that in the most loving way, and we support yeah. all of your unions. But um, if it's not working out, maybe try ethical non-monogamy. Hint for future episodes. Um, yeah. Totally. Yeah, but- so, I mean, I think like red flags, especially like when I was dating pieces of shit, um, people would be like, "Um, dude, that's a red flag," <laughs> all, all the time, right? And um, so that came up, but green flags less so and like it's funny when I I don't I don't even have like a list of green flags in front of me but I'm like I'm pretty sure Aaron has all of them and I can just like say that right now and one of the things for me that's a really big green flag I know we're gonna start with red but like just overall is not being obsessed with the person um so for me like obviously I think for everybody with borderline it's really easy to like be completely like enthralled with that individual right away um and I think that for me that's like a really good um measure of like whether or not this might be like a psychologically unsafe relationship for you in the future because you're ignoring all of the red flags and you're only seeing the things that you want to see totally yeah that was a big one for me when I was younger it was just like the desire in myself to want to spend all of my time with someone so I was like ignoring my self-care and then vice versa for them um and now like you know my partner and I live a block away from each other. We spend like two to three nights a week, maybe together. And then I'm like, yo, it's time for you to go home. (laughs) Like, you know, I just, I, I like that. I think that works really well. So, um, okay. Should we like go through these one by one or what do you think? Sure. Um, so just like for the record, Sarah's just pulled up something on Google, like with a list of red flags to kind of get us started. Um, and one of the things 
that I noticed immediately because my brain always comes to this first is manipulative. So we all know that that word is a trigger for people with borderline because that is something that we're accused of all the time. Um, I think, I don't know, Sarah, what are your thoughts on that word in this context? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. And like, I'm actually, I'm wanting to be a part of the follow-up Amber, her Johnny Depp conversation. I feel prepared and ready to do that because like, there's a difference between intent and impact, right? Like just like, um, a person with a personality disorder may be more likely to engage in behavior that is abusive as a result of their maladaptive coping. That does not mean they're more likely to be an abuser, right? I just really want to like hone in on that. Our impulsivity and our difficulties with like emotion regulation may result in behavior that is more perceived by the community to be abusive or manipulative. That does not mean we are manipulative or abusive. It simply means that we haven't yet figured out how to engage in a way that is effective and isn't received by people as being gaslit or manipulative. Yeah. And I think what every time we talk about manipulation on this podcast, we say like, think reframing that to unmet needs. So if you're exactly. not getting, the, if you're not getting the needs that you like, to, like require, not necessarily desire. Cause I think like, you know, I would love if Aaron bought everything for me. Like that is not a thing that is realistic. That's not a thing that's fair. Um, but like, you know, if I need him to be a, you know, stable partner for me, that's a need. So if that's unmet, then it may be appear to be manipulative in the way that you get that. But um, yeah, anyway, that one's totally. always stand, that always stands out for me right away. And there's a couple other but ones I, on here. Oh, sorry. Well, okay. Yeah, I was gonna say like specifically as the person with strong emotions and borderline personality disorder, it is easy for people that we are dating to kind of manipulate situations by their behavior in a way that they know might dysregulate us, you know, like that, whether or not they intend to do that or not, who knows. Right. But like, it, it is possible to have people do things that will intentionally trigger big behaviors in us or unintentionally trigger big behaviors in us. And then we can perceive that as manipulation as well. So I think like, if we just ditch the word manipulative and go to a person who often dysregulates us, to me, that's a red flag. You're going to know if people dysregulate you more than other people do. And like at this point in my life, I only want to be around the people who are less likely to dysregulate me. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that actually. Um, I'm just thinking back on like my negative relationships versus my positive relationships. I'm like, Yeah the the ones that just like inherently dysregulated me to their core, everything about them. Right. At me. their core, like yeah. at, when you're around them at your core, it's like, you're not at baseline. Your subjective units of distress are higher. And it's like, it's weird. It's like a pheromone thing. I don't know what it is, but if yeah. you, when you get that gut feeling, don't spend time with those people. But Easy the issue for me, the issue for me when I was dating was that those are the people that I was like super attracted to because I think I oh my God, like, and had the best sex with deep down. Mm, I don't know. Depends, but deep down, like really hated myself. So I was like, Oh, like this is how I'm supposed to feel. And that feeling of like obsession and like, um, just like, uh, 
discomfort and dysregulation can also feel like excitement at the beginning of a relationship. And I think that's where we get trapped is like, it feels exciting. You're like heart's racing and you're like, stomach is like, Ooh, I have butterflies, but really it's, it's your body saying like, get the fuck out of here. And we just don't know how to like figure that out. It was very hard for me, especially, and Leslie and I talked about this in our BPD and bisexuality episode, the intersection of kind of like passion in relationships and toxicity and chaos is very hard, especially the intersection of that and queerness and borderline. Like those relationships with people who are more likely to dysregulate you often feel very passionate and the love feels bigger because when it is passionate, it feels really good. But then it's when it's really bad, it feels really bad. And it's kind of like how people say, I don't want to get on medication because I don't want to feel numb. Well, listen, you feel numb because you're used to such big emotions. You're not actually numb. You can experience a variety of emotional states. They're just lower. It takes some time to kind of get used to that idea that like, oh yeah, I don't have to seek these relationships where there's such big highs and such low lows. And there's all of this passion that also comes with all of this chaos. I can find someone where there's like a more even keel. Yeah. Um, love the way you lie by Eminem and Rihanna. Perfect example of how that like can feel passionate and exciting. And that's my favorite song of all time. Um, because of that, those challenges that I've had in relationships and, um, what's funny is like, that was one of the reasons that I rejected Aaron at first. Right. Is because I was like, well, like, eh, I don't know. Like this is, it feels boring at first. It does feel boring. And you know what? I'm like, he's like, I love him more than anything in the whole wide world. And like, I like our relationship is so good, but there are times where I'm still like, yes, it's kind of boring. Like I wish that we would yell at each other. Right. Yeah. And, and I'll say that like, like, I don't want to yell at you, but I also kind of wish that we had that excitement of like yelling and then making up. Cause let's be real. The making up is excellent. Um, and that just like, doesn't happen with us. And so it, it's, um, while it's a green flag, sometimes it feels like a red flag at first. <laughs> totally. Um, I feel like we could just like talk forever on this topic, but some additional red flags are withholds affection. Again, I think that 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 can be a tool to, um, control kind of people's behavior. Like I, I know that I've felt like specifically in my marriage, like I had to be on my best behavior emotionally if Tori was going to have sex with me because she just never had sex with me. And so then it was like, I would fear having an emotional dysregulation episode because then then it to me it would be like okay well let's set the clock back again three months because she hasn't had sex with me in three months and now she's not going to have sex with me in three more months because I'm acting bananas again you know obviously I hope that not everybody has that experience but like that I think can be difficult so difficult and I think because we require a lot of love and attention and affection and validation the people that are um, not good people for us have a lot of red flags. Let's say they um, they see that and they use that against us. And I mean, another one on this list, <clears throat> another one on this list is invalidation or invalidating, um, and those go hand in hand, right? Like it's not validating to have with um, affection withheld from you, 
Um, and because of our, like, the reason that we have this disorder in the first place has a bit lot to do with invalidating environments. It's like, that's what you're used to, right? So they can get away with this, um, withholding behavior in order to, um, like trap you almost. It feels like, I don't know that that's how it's felt like to me in the past. I'm not really sure, but validation is just like at the end of everything, validation is important, which we all know. Yeah. And I think, um, like again, like with red flags, it's like, it's okay if they present with red flags, but it's not okay if they don't attempt to learn to use the skills, you know, like Andrew didn't know how to validate the way that I needed. I had to teach him. And now this dude is like really fucking good at it. You know what I mean? People can learn these skills. It's about how we kind of present the data to them. Totally. And I mean, I have a lot of these red flags. I, I overshare personal details quickly for sure. Here we are talking about ourselves on a podcast that people all over the world listen to with very personal details that it's definitely oversharing. I'm also the kind of person who would go on Tinder dates and just like share literally way too much all the time because I don't care. And like, to me, that's, to me, that's not a red flag just because that's how my personality is. And like, I like, I, I, I do not have time for small talk. I'm not down. I want to get into the like deep, dark corners of everybody's life right away. Um, and I mean, I'm also overly critical, which is on this list as well. Um, yeah. And I was going to say like, for me, the oversharing is a huge red flag because of my severe trauma history, specifically like my family trauma, I'll trauma bond with you instantly. And then I want to marry you and spend forever with you. And that doesn't work. That shit is really dangerous. Yeah, that's super fair, actually. That's super fair. I I like, again, I think sometimes the acknowledgement, like I know I'm overly critical and like, I try to work, I try and work on that. I'm very bad at it, but I try oversharing personal details to me that like, I, if somebody said like, do you know, you overshare personal details? I'd be like, uh, yeah, duh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's like not something that I'm like unaware of. Um, but yeah, but also, I get the trauma bonding thing for sure. I, I think that it's the responsibility of the other party too, to say like, Lori, do you know you overshare? You say, yeah. And then them to say, if that works for you, that's awesome. But in, in the context of our friendship or relationship, mm-hmm. I can't have you do that. Right. It's their responsibility to kind of advocate for their needs instead of you assuming you have to stop oversharing. Yeah. And if they say that, then, then like the green flag is to change your behavior around that person. Right. So yeah, I think it, it's, um, it's a two way street for sure. And nobody's perfect also. Right. I know that there's some of these on here that are more um, effective for me, like it, like in terms of like, I know that they're a red flag because I've felt fallen for them in the past. So like disregarding boundaries, invalidation, withholding affection, manipulative, um, lack of empathy, inconsistent. Like those are all things that, oh, a mesh with family members, like very important for me to be aware of when I'm getting into a relationship or a friendship. Whereas there's others on here that I, it doesn't bug me. Right. Well, and it's interesting 
I've had many people I've dated talk to me about my enmeshed relationship with my family. And it wasn't really until recently where I was like, okay, there was some truth to that. You know, like my relationship with my family was interrupting my ability to live a life authentic to me because I really felt this need to get validation there, but based on their core values instead of mine. And um, that's been something that I've been working on lately. And it helps to have a really supportive, calm partner that doesn't shame you for it. And I was historically shamed for that behavior. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I know that um, Aaron had a conversation with one of his family members the other day, and I I wasn't there, but he just, he came up to me after and was like, hey, I I hope this is okay that I shared this stuff. But like, you know, just a heads up (laughs) that I I shared this, but um, around why family is not the end all be all for me. Um, because in his family it is right. Like, and that, and for them, it works fine, like whatever. But to me, like, it's just not like being blood related to somebody means very little in my opinion. Um, and so he had to kind of explain that like, that's not because I'm like, I just hate my family or I'm not like connected to my family because I don't want to be. It's because of this like trauma of my childhood that I've had to learn that like chosen family is, is what I need to focus on. Um, and that my chosen family can include blood relatives, but it doesn't have to. Um, and so that was really interesting that like, I guess a family member had asked him about that. Um, and he shared, which is totally fine. Um, and it seems like, yeah, he articulated that in a way that really honored you and your experience, like kept to the amount of privacy that you wanted and needed, but also offered them insight. Yeah. And I think he also knows that I, don't really care about privacy very much. Like, um, I, I, like, I think that it's important to be as open as we can. And so, you know, the only things that I don't talk about on this podcast are because they're his boundaries, not mine. And I think that that's fair. Um, yeah. So I, I just, for me, the family thing is really big. And I think you could also see this as some people would look at this the other way around and say that people without a relationship with their family, that's a red flag. So again, it really depends on what your values are around family. Yeah. And that actually kind of like is a red flag for me, unless there was like severe, severe childhood, you know, trauma. Like if there's no relationship with family to me, that says a a little, um, there's little conflict resolution skills, you know, Mm. like, and, and, I think going periods of time without contact with family is normal and okay. But if someone's like, I haven't talked to my mom, sister, brother, grandmother, uncle, and nephew for 27 years. I'm like, unless there was something that was really, 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 really bad to me, that's concerning because even though I've, you know, needed periods of distance from family. And there are some family members that I have no contact with because of them being anti-queer and anti-gay, right? Which is yeah, like, I was going to say, I'm not fucking around with that, which is to me, that is appropriate. But, um, but that does send up some red flags for me if there's no contact with any family whatsoever, because it would concern me that the person maybe wouldn't have conflict resolution skills. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't feel that way at all to me if anything, sometimes I have more respect for people who have no, 
like no relationship with their family within reason. Like, you know what I mean? Like there was, there was a reason that they have no contact with their family or their no, no relationship with their family. I often have more respect for those people, but I think again, that's because I very much believe in like chosen family over blood family. And that's how I've been able to survive and radically accept my life. Um, But you also have like really good friends (laughs) and like really good friendship skills. You're really good at that. And I have like, I have connection with my family at this point, but there were times where I went a long period of time without speaking to a family, like a direct family member, like years and years and years. And sometimes like, that's what you need. Right. So like if, if, if that's what you need, then that's what you need and just whatever. Right. And I just, for, for me, like I would, I lean on the side of like, wow, that's really brave of you to, to like know your boundaries and not have a relationship with your family compared to like, why are you still, why are you still involved with these people? Like you don't owe them anything in, in my opinion. Totally. And I, and I agree. Like, I don't think that we owe people anything. I, I don't, um, you know, if you, if, if someone consistently, makes you feel bad and they cross your boundaries and they've been abusive or neglective or whatever to you like that, that like, I think it's okay to not have relationships with them, but I want to know, like, how did you assert your boundaries? What ways did you attempt to like resolve conflict before you just cut people out automatically? Like when I think about myself, I think it, it is a red flag that I don't have a single friend from middle school or high school that I have maintained a friendship over the years. And the reason that I don't have a single friend from middle school or high school that I maintained friendships with is because I didn't have the skills to resolve conflict with them when they came up. I just totally. literally cut off every single person. Yeah. And that's and that, like, that is not healthy. Yeah. That is definitely something that like, that's your fight or flight for sure. Like it's just, yeah. I mean, oh, like, there's there's been, I'm out, right. Like, there's been times where I was like, okay, well I'm breaking up with Lori. Like it's over. Oh. Like I'm, you know, like, it's just like, and that is a red flag. Like I have to learn to resolve that, those conflicts. So, but I think totally. it's important to just say like, again, these are, these red flags are trends and you get to decide, everybody gets to decide kind of like what works for them within the context of their life, their culture, their identity, their intersecting identities, like what their core values are. I do also think that, that there's, again, when it, like if we're talking about friendships, like I'm very blessed that I have a lot of really amazing friends. Um, but I also, I also think it's a red flag when people go like, yeah, but they're, they're, I am their friend still, even though they treat me like shit because they've been my longest friend. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> if they treat you like shit, you don't need them. That's fine. And I, like, I know I actually had this like really beautiful conversation with somebody at work recently. I like joined a new team last year. And so I've just kind of been getting to know my teammates and um, I had this really wonderful conversation with someone and we were like, wow, we like are so aligned in like our values and like our desires and our dreams and our everything. And it was like, we could be best friends. And then we both were like, you know what though? We don't have time for new friends right now. So like, if I get an opening, I'll call you. But like, I just really think that like, we would connect really well. We just don't want to like do a bad job of being best friends. And I was like, what a fucking great way of like having that conversation. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I just, I don't know the whole like, oh, they're my blood relative or, oh, they've been my longest friend. So I have to put up with them is 
to me, that's so, so, so sad for me to watch because people, people get away with treating other people like crap because of that. And don't get me wrong. It's really hard to cut off friends that you've been friends with for a long time. I have that issue as well, but like, yeah, anyways, I could go on for that for a long time, but I won't. Yeah. And I can't, cause I have no friends. Um, I won't have any friends if I go on too long about that. So we're good. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, this episode went on for a while, so we're going to end up doing a second recording on what green flags are. But I think that the kind of like point of this is to say, you know, there are all of these common relationship red flags per research. If you want to have a healthy and safe relationship with people, right? Like watch out for lack of empathy, watch out for inconsistency, people who overshare, people who avoid conflict, people who are critical, people who pressure you for things, people who are invalidating, don't respect boundaries or hyper-focused on the relationship. Like all of these things are potential red flags. How it impacts each person individually is going to be different and how you approach the person is going to be different. Generally, I would think, you know, like saying to someone, when I see this behavior, it results in me feeling this way. What I need instead is, you know, kind of using that like dear man style approach. And then if the person consistently is unable to meet you in that, maybe they're a person you shouldn't be having a relationship with, whether it's like intimate or platonic or what. Totally. This was fun. I know uh, we could really get down on our shitty relationships, huh? Oh yeah. And I I can also get down on how shitty I was, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I think one of my historical red flags is um, inconsistency with taking medication like yep big red flag (laughs) I was was thinking about that this morning actually I was like I was like Sarah has a hard time taking medication consistently like it's like it seems to be a recurring trend I haven't I haven't picked up my I haven't taken Sarah's um Zoloft or Ritalin since Wednesday of last week because I'm out yeah, it's just so interesting because I can't. It's really hard. That's the ADD. It's really hard mm-hmm. for me to get to the pharmacy and get it. It's really hard for me to. It's really hard for me to take them. It's just very, very, very hard for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've noticed because this has happened many, many times. Oh, um, this is the most stable I've ever been in my entire life with medication, like Jesus. by far. Wow. Thanks, Lori. Oh my god. No, 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 no. But it's just really interesting. Cause like for me, I, so I'm one thing I'm bad at, and I've actually just sent a, sent a recurring reminder in my calendar because, um, I always forget until like two days before. And then I have to call the pharmacy and the doctor and be like, Oh, I need my prescription right now. I'm so sorry. But like, I, I think because I use medication to sleep, I, I like, I cannot not have it. And so for me, it's like more anxiety to not have it than it is to get it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, but that is the profound difference between you and I, like, I don't experience anxiety to the level that you do. I experience depression that way. Yes. Which is, which is like, does not help. Which is why I don't take medication because like, you know, 
Yeah. Yeah. I feel so much shame about it. It's uh, it's like one of the biggest things that I hide in my life. I feel so much shame about my inconsistency and my inability to take medication. And everybody knows, like, I feel so much shame about who I am. Like I still fucking hate myself every day of my life. So when you still fucking hate yourself every day of your life, it's really hard to feel, you know, the ability to kind of get going on it. Totally. I wonder if there's programs in the States where like you can get them to like, like mail you your meds. Yeah. You can't with Ritalin though. Cause it's a stimulant. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Cause so. like, yeah, I, I know here I keep getting ads for like polypharmacy use. There's like this like thing that you can get where it like gives you your meds every day, like in a package so that you can't forget them. Um, I can't remember what it's called now, but I get ads well, for it. Yeah. Andrew's been going with me to the pharmacy to try to get them. And so, I mean, we're, awesome. we, we texted today about him coming. Cause I texted him this morning and I said, like, I haven't taken my meds since Wednesday of last week. I, I feel like things are starting to get kind, kind of messy in my head. I need, can you help me get back on track? And so, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I just, I, yeah, that anxiety fuels so much of your behavior, right. To like keep going on things and my depression just stops all of my forward moving progress. Yeah. Which makes a ton of sense. That's like basically the difference between depression and anxiety. Um, so anyways, I have a client in four minutes, but this was delightful. This was, I'm super excited to do the green flags one. I know we'll have to get that scheduled and you can send me a calendar invite. (laughs) I died, you guys. Okay. I'll I'll post the screenshot of that message that you sent me. Okay. All right. Love Love you. you. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Hi, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bold, Beautiful Borderline podcast. Lori and I are so grateful that you're here with us on this journey, and we can't wait to dive into more topics in the future with you all about Borderline and even have some more fun and exciting guests to join us on the podcast. If you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you would rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. We would also love to see you interact with us on social media and on our Patreon page. The links to that are included in the show notes, so check us out there. We would be incredibly honored to get to know you all as you get to know us and our recovery stories. We love you, and we'll see you next time.